This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Hi, everyone. I'm Alex Nottingham, CEO of All-Star Dental Academy, and welcome to Dental All-Stars. Our topic today is build a culture that surprises and delights your team. Our guest is Eric Hubbard. Eric's journey in marketing began with the Fortune 300 companies like Procter & Gamble. It evolved to Eric having a strong influence in marketing companies in Silicon Valley. Divine intervention led Eric to try his hand as a dental marketer, which led to founding Pain-Free Dental Marketing. In a few short years, Pain-Free Dental Marketing grew to over 20 employees and 120 plus clients and continues to grow under Eric and his partner, Andre's leadership. In this interview, we're going to talk about why culture is important and important to your team, how to cultivate culture with your patients, how to balance revenue and the culture objective, and what to do if a patient doesn't fit in your culture. We're going to explore there are four pillars of culture that Pain-Free talks about, and we're going to see why it's important to make those investments in your team and culture, how to spend more time with your team and make an impact, how to be more transparent. And we're going to provide you one thing to put into practice tomorrow to boost your office's culture. And there's actually two in this interview. One I find a little more difficult, but it can be done. And one is very easy and very, very impactful. So I trust you will enjoy this podcast. Join us for a special live training event, the All-Star Practice Growth Summit. Over two action-packed days, May 19th and 20th, 2023, at the beautiful private hotel and beach club Lago Mar in sunny South Florida. We will be covering a variety of powerful practice management skills with a special emphasis on case presentation, marketing, and persuasion. To learn more, go to allstardentalacademy.com. Please welcome Eric Hubbard. Uh, thanks again for having us. It's been, uh, you nailed my bio. That's the best I've ever heard it done. Yeah, I, <laughs> culture's always been fascinating to me. I, I was really blessed early, even early on uh, as a young man. I, I, I've been part of three companies going public and, and again, not, not through any uh, uh, effort of my own, just pure luck, but and through there, I've got to see companies grow from, uh, you know, a restaurant company grow from 10 restaurants to over 300. And, uh, you know, I've, I've obviously been on the other end of the positive to the negative culture. Uh, GameStop, which has been dying for some time, was uh, a rough place to work. And I always knew when we started our own company, and, and I always knew I wanted to, that culture was going to be at the forefront of it. And uh, so that's why it's always been a passion of mine. And, uh, and I'm glad to be here and talk about it. Yeah, I was really impressed. We were, we were speaking the other day. And what's really exciting, just to say right up front, is you and Andre are going to be speaking at the All-Star Practice Growth Summit, yeah. May 19th and our, 20th. Our second year. In Fort I'm excited. And that's right. Yeah. You were there last year. And it was, it was phenomenal. So we, we ha- having you back as one of our main speaking crew, as well as uh, exhibiting there. We, we so appreciate the support. And we were talking, preparing for the event. And what struck me is your culture document. You kind of mentioned an aside. And I said, let me see, what is he talking about? 
and I was going through your culture because it fits very well. Because prior to us speaking, I interviewed Robin, our director of hiring, and we were talking about how to engage the team, which speaks to building, ultimately building a culture. And the culture is what keeps everybody together. And it it's set by typically the the visionaries, the partners in a business, the, the dentists in this case. And just kind of reading through your culture document, it was really impressive. And I think it says a lot about who you are as a company. So tell me a little bit about, about your culture. What is it and how did you get to it? Yeah, yeah, thank you. I, I think that culture is important to me from not just who I want to be as a human being and, and what I aspire to, who I want to be around. I, I actually think there's financial implications to having a good culture. In fact, I think for dental offices specifically, I think that culture is one of those things that makes them not a commodity. And I, I think that in some ways, well, I'm definitely in digital marketing and, and they're in dentistry and, and, you know, you're in, you're in coaching and, and training. I think we all have a, a root common problem. And that is, I think that if you took most dentists and said, uh, what do you think marketing is? They would sort of give you this very commoditized version of you run Facebook ads, you run, you have a website, you do SEO. I think that, and, and, and you know, I, I think for us, you know, a, a basic rank and file human being who thinks about a dentist, we really don't understand the delta between a good dentist and an average dentist and a bad dentist. And, and I think that culture is what separates us from the, the average, from the, from the unique. And uh, our culture is based on two books that I love. Uh, the first book is, uh, is Reed Hastings. It's the, the Netflix culture document uh, uh, that became, you know, the book that he, that he built. And the second one is called Culture Ate My Brand. And, and both those books are amazing. I, I, think they're, I think they're worth a read on culture. But our culture is broken up into four principles or four pillars. And those, the, one of those pillars is surprise and delight clients. And, and that is, you know, you're not just checking boxes. You want to be a professional marketer. Um, you know, we do things like send the front desk uh, gift cards when they, have, when they, when they, they hear a really good phone call. That's actually what led us to our relationship with you, because one of the early things that we figured out culturally is I could come over here and kill it in marketing and I could drive 70 phone calls and, you know, all of them were fee for service, amazing patients. But if, if the front desk couldn't convert them to the schedule, I was getting fired. Mm. because they would look and they would say, okay, well, you know, I spent five or six or $7,000 on marketing and I, I'm not seeing any movement. And we were sending them phone calls of like, well, well, here's 35 amazing patients that we tried that you couldn't get on the schedule. And so, so, so the surprise and delight came about of, we knew that the, you know, the, the, the person answering the phones probably couldn't hire us, but under enough duress, they could get us fired. So one of the first things we did was like surprise and delight our clients around sending them a $50 gift card for an amazing call. Um, you know, we've bought cribs for, you know, them when they had babies and things like that. Like we really knew that we needed to surprise and delight them. And uh, the second pillars care for the team and teamwork. Uh, I, I've, I've always 
sort of gone against this notion of the customers first. I, I think the customer can be first, but I think if you put the team first, they'll put the customer first automatically. And the care for team one is one that is particularly passionate about us. Um, I mean, we're like, everyone says they're like a family and, and I don't know, I, I guess that's so cliche, but uh, I think it, it it's something that we should really aspire to. I, I've always said that for me, the care for team is, I think that everyone on my team has something that I aspire to, whether it's mm. how they handle conflict, whether it's the, how they handle their marriage, how they, how they approach their work. I, I really do look to hire folks around me that I legitimately am interested in or, or, or they have some skill or some, some personality that I aspire to in my, in my personal life. And the third one is, you know, compassionate capitalism. Um, and, and, you know, this really is about profits. Good. We are a for profit company. Uh, I do expect to make a profit, um, you know, but I, I think that charity is essential and, and I think we're responsible for the world we create and, and, you know, we've always wanted to be a company that was able to give back. So we make sure that at the beginning of the year, you know, we actually carve off a budget for uh, community events. Like like we do uh, the Operation Christmas Child where we pack, you know, 350 or 400 boxes to be sent around the world uh, to, to kids and, and you know, the, the Salvation Army uh, angel trees and different things. And uh, anyway, the, the last one is you want to be better. Uh, we think that the fourth pillar is we think that if you work here, you need to strive to be a better human being and you need to strive to be a better marketer and that we can only do that with candor. And those are the, really the four big pillars that we hire against. And um, it definitely costs us something. Uh, we, we oftentimes have to pass on people who we think would do amazing but they don't want to be part of a team or, uh, you know, they just don't fit the culture and, and culture should cost you something. I think that's where people fell down on culture quickly is as they get into it, they're like, oh my gosh, I, I met this amazing guy. He does AdWords perfectly. And, you know, he's been here forever and, and, but yet he doesn't, he just wants to work by himself and, and, you know, not talk to his coworkers and, and he doesn't want to talk to clients and, those things. And, and I, we have to end up passing on those people because I, I think that if you're not a perfect culture fit, I just don't know that we should be in the same business together. And in fact, we feel that way about our clients. Um, you know, if, if a client calls and says, you know, there, there's warning signs of, hey, every uh, a, a good example of a bad culture client is uh when a client calls and says, okay, I've taken out all my referrals and now there's only three people left from Google. Where are all my patients from marketing? Hmm. Now, that seems like a great question. Now, I'm going to argue the real question should be, what's my ROI of marketing? How's marketing doing? Where's marketing going? Sure. C can you talk to me about what you're doing? I, I think any, any version is appropriate there. But I think when you carve off, okay, these are my patients and I will only get credit for them. I think that you're really misguided into how marketing works today because I promise you in 2023, nobody, if I said, hey, Alex, uh, you know, we both have kids. 
I go to this amazing pediatrician. You should mm-hmm. check them out. Right. I promise you, you don't call and make an appointment. You hit the website. You, you double Google check the them, reviews, all that. You double check the reviews. You watch a video of them. You make sure that they see, you know, that our kids sure. are the same age. And I, I think that it's really important that, you know, we're going to try to educate them through that. So like, so let me good. let me go back a little bit to the principles because I think you're yep. building on some really good uh, processes. And we talked about this too. And even building on, this is like so cool because we're building on the podcast because just before and talking with Robin about this is in terms of, okay, let's go step by step. Surprise and delight your clients, right? With that, I also think about that a great book about called Raving Fan, Raving mm-hmm. Fans, I believe it is. And mm-hmm. it's about one, this one upping the patient experience, the customer experience. And this is something you're applying to your team, really giving that little extra. And the reason we would like to invest, and that's the thing also that goes to part two about care for your team and teamwork is that we spend so much on the patient. We say the patient is always right. The customer is always right. We heard that. But a couple of principles to consider. One, if we're not okay, they won't be okay. If our team is not okay and taken care of, you can't give what you don't have. You can't give amazing customer service if you don't feel that inside. So it really isn't the customer first. It's the team first because then they will, that vision, that culture will translate to the patients. They're going to want, I think of a a great book called Fish. I'm sure you read it and heard of it. Mm -hmm. The whole idea was, we would like to bring people into our culture, into our world. They want to be part of that. Does that make sense? So yeah. with the issue with hiring, how difficult it is now in retention, we see the companies that get the best people and retain them. They have an amazing culture. And that's why you working with the Fortune 500, you see these great companies invest. I mean, Google's got gyms, playgrounds, care, mm-hmm. food, because they want the best people and they want them to stay. So it is economically sound when you talk about cap- capitalistic or compassionate capitalism. It is economically sound. And at the same time, I know both you and Andre, it makes you feel good. And at the end of the day, that's what we're all looking for is to feel good, to have peace of mind. And we build structures to do that because we're spending much of our day with our team. We better like them. And like what you said, you're hiring people that make a difference to the culture that also you enjoy and you can grow from. And growth is an intrinsic need versus an extrinsic, extrinsic need that betters us as human beings. So I love what you say about that. Great points in your in your culture document. Yeah, thank you. I, I really believe that I don't know how you can expect, you know, a young woman who, who you know, is working in a front desk to be excited about patients, to be excited about new patient calls, to be excited about greeting people when they come in, if her own personal life is not, trending well and and if if she if if she's worried about bills if she's worried about all these things i think that i think we bring those things into our our work life absolutely and 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 everyone says oh i I can silo and 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 and, you know my 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 work mask and my personal life aren't associated but but i i just don't believe that i i think that you have more bad days i think you sound more impatient on the phone i 
I think that if you legitimately care about the human being who is taking care of your patients and answering the phone call, I, I, I think over time they will do a much better job for you. And, and, and you know, we see that in fact. Um, you know, we started a project that, that I probably need to share with you on, on a separate thing, but we hired an army, and I mean it is a literal army, out of South Africa. And uh, how we got to South Africa is a whole nother story, but uh, their English is amazing. Uh, the, the, the cultural, uh, the work styles and everything align really, really well with us. And we hired an army over there to listen to every phone call that came into every practice across the marketing channels in 2022. So, so I mean, it was about 77,000 phone calls that we listened to. And they were listening to them with the intent to score the call, not from a how did they answer the insurance question. I mean, not from like a how All-Star would do call coaching. It's more from a, okay, was this a legitimate lead? Did it convert to a new patient? Did they have financial discussions? And finally, did it did it uh, uh, bring itself into an appointment or not? So, and, and it was about 77,000 phone calls that they listened to from beginning to end. And what we did then, we said, okay, give us all the pedo ortho groups, give us all the general groups, give us our implants, you know, things like this. And then we said, okay, how do we feel about how well that staff is managed? How do we feel about how well that staff is, you know, how do we feel about the quality of the, the management of them? And we, and we sort of did a one through five scale based on our understanding. Uh, at the top end, the, the, the offices that we knew, the dentists, that we knew they were in good shops, that we do this, they converted about 75% of what I'm going to call viable opportunities. At the bottom end, it was about 40%. And I think that speaks to the power of culture and, and how it impacts the front desk and how excited they are to do their job. And I mean, it's just a fascinating amount of research that when you look at a, at a big enough data set of, you know, someone who's excited and, and wants to do their job well and is passionate about training and invest in training and those things versus an office that's not, I think you see it because if the difference between a, a 70% conversion rate of new patient opportunities and 50%, uh, that's a massive number when you cascade it out over a year. If, if the average practice spends, you know, 4% of their budget on marketing, uh, the offices that are converting higher, their budget's going further. They're getting more for their money. Absolutely. And I have a couple questions here. One, you witnessed the all-star event, the practice mm -hmm. growth summit. And you saw, tell me about what you saw in culture, what the team, because part of it is, I, I was just talking to Robin about it. I feel like you have to have proper training day to day. You got to do the work every day, work with your marketing company, walk, work with all-star, you know, potentially working with your team and getting the phone skills, right? Broken appointments, what have you. And, but there's something special about a live event. There's something special about mm -hmm. what did you see with the teams and how they kind of related to each other? What, what was the magic there in terms of how does it speak to this issue of culture? Or, or or how do you as a dentist use an event as an opportunity to bring people together? I, I mean, I, I think I think that excitement is infectious. I think that when you get people together, and that's probably the word I would use 
it, it, when I go to the, the event, I mean, I think that the positivity, I think that it, it was infectious around, you saw, uh, man, he, he was out of Atlanta. They did a, a skit around a new patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd have to, I'd, uh, the name. Al Nardone. Yeah. There it is. Dr. Yeah. Nardone. Yeah. They did the skit and you could see the room giggle and, and relate and, and you could see people taking notes and, and. I think there's something around just being accountable at an event to where you're more engaged. I think it ha- I think it's infectious around like you see what's possible that that what other people are doing and 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 I think you want to bring that back and apply it to your own practice. And now now I will say there is one thing around culture that as we've established it that I, I do think is very important for offices and 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 for us as well. Once we built the culture you know, think of a pyramid, like I, mm-hmm. I and again, I, 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 while I don't like to think of myself at the top of a pyramid, I, I, I have to, you know, I started the company and I have to embrace that I'm there. The best cultural events now that we are established actually start from the bottom. Yes. And of the pyramid. And, and I don't want to get into the, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be better then, but like, so, so, but, but employee driven events right now, are by far the most successful events we have in the practice in our office, um, and and I think the reason. But it, would, it makes total sense because it's it's like the top down. You're saying that yes, you're at the top, meaning you have the responsibility, but it's not you speaking down to them. It it right. energizes from the bottom up. You're really more of a, and I think you would appreciate this. You're more of a. Uh, what, what you're a cultivator. Mm-hmm. You create an environment for people. You're a humble servant of your your people in that respect, and you're a servant and a a caregiver of the vision and culture. That is your job as 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 leader, okay, as partner to defend that, uh, defend that for your team, defend that for your patients. You know, for dentists listening, that's your job. But the success comes in leadership from the bottom up, and that's what you're saying. Uh, yes. And, and, and I think that when you get and you take your team to an event, I, I think you're demonstrating a couple of things. I think you're demonstrating that like I'm investing in you. And, and, and I think, I think that's saying like you're worth investing in. Mm. And, and I think that's very powerful. I, I think that's empowering. Like, I, I think if I'm worth investing in, I'm more likely to, to propose ideas. I'm more likely to, I'm more likely to fight my corner on something I'm passionate about. That's a great point. And, and I, I think it also just shows you that there are other offices like us and, and that we can aspire to and, and how they handle their patients and how they do handoffs and how they, the, how they do intake forms and, you know, how they, you know, you know, check people out. I, I think there's a ton to learn. And, and I really think it's just about showing your employees that they're worth investing in. Um, and, you know, I talked a lot about, you know, one of the things we do culturally with our clients is we'll call the front desk and say, what do you think should happen in marketing? Now, between me and you, uh, for the record, after you do that, you know, a thousand times, you, the chances of hearing something new are really, really thin. I, I don't want to, you know. However, we listen and we're like, you know what? That's a great idea. I'm going to carve off some of the budget. Let's try it. Um, you know, here, here, here's how we're going to track the metrics and look at it. Well, now, I know that... Uh, you would hope that I can come up with a better marketing plan than, than, you know, most people. But, but by doing that, I'm, I'm actually getting them involved and I'm making my plan be a little bit of their plan. 
Beautiful. And, and, and by doing that now, now, now we're in this together. And, and now, now suddenly they do feel better about coming to me about, you know, a sponsorship for their kid's school, or they, they feel better about coming to me with ideas. And, and now I can honestly have more dialogue with them about, Hey, I, I, I'm hearing some things on the phones with, with, with the new person. I, I, I do think we should do some training. And instead of coming from a, a, a you know, a top down or, a, or an adversarial position, I'm coming at it as, as we're the team. And I, I think that that's a really important thing for uh, Dennis to think about is if you have some of your staff that gives you an idea, I think you should swing at it for cultural reasons almost. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Now, tell me this, Eric. If I can do one thing tomorrow, put into practice, we covered a lot of things. If I can do one thing tomorrow, put it into play to improve office culture, what would you recommend I do? Where do I start? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I say the best thing to do around culture for us is we are absolutely transparent around almost every financial KPI we have. Hmm. Um, and, and, and again, I, and I, and I have a few offices that do this, but like our, every person on my team knows our top line revenue number. Every person knows our average cost per client. Every person knows how much they can spend on uh, hard, hard, you know, I'll, I'll say marketing for a client. Um, we have spreadsheets that calculate, you know, okay, uh, this is how I should allocate my time to this client uh, that they have full access to. Um, and in fact, everyone knows how much cash we have in the bank. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, so we are, and, and I'm not saying you have to have that level of, of All right, Eric, you, you, you gave me, that's a, you know, it's like doing a, a bench press. That's a lot of weight. And that's very impressive. Yeah. Give me an easy one because- that's, an that's, easy that's, one. That's, that, oh. that's give me an All easy right. one that I'm, I'm a dentist, I'm listening, or I'm a team member. Let's that's just say fair. dentist, and, and I'm looking to put something in play tomorrow on culture. What's one easy thing, Eric, I can do? Give me something easy. All give right. me a hard one. One easy thing. Oh, man, I mean, you know, that's not hard. All right. Uh, For you. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think one easy thing to celebrate culture is to, you know, just start one-on-ones with your staff and don't talk about performance. Don't talk about, that's nice. Uh, don't talk about how they answer the phone. Start it with like, Hey Alex, how, how are you? Um, you know, you came in a couple of days ago, you looked a little down. I would love to hear what's going on. You know, how's your mom doing? How's Heather? I think spend some purposeful time with your team and, and, and try to get to know the human being and don't talk about work. Uh, you know, take one of them to lunch a week, every, you know, every week. I think the easy one is spend meaningful time with your team because I, I think if you'll find you, you have someone that you don't want to spend time with, I, I think you probably need to exit them from the organization. Because wow. I, I I think over time you should legitimately want and and, I, and I, so I would say the most powerful thing we do culturally in our company is we have one on ones with everyone, and and new people I I spend more time with. Some people are like I'm good monthly. Some people are like I want weekly. 
um, uh, you, you know, but we let them decide. We actually say, uh, as part of the responsibility here, you will schedule a one-on-one with me. It can be weekly. It can be an hour. It can be every two weeks for 30 minutes. You can decide how much time you want. But we don't talk about work. We don't talk about performance. We don't talk about uh, anything other than how, how are you as a human being. I would say that's my easy one. That's, that's, it is easy in theory. It is beautiful. And it's something that we all can do. And I think that that was really beautiful, Eric. Wow, warm warm my heart, and can't top that. Let's let's end with that, my friend. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the program. And our next podcast, we're going to likely go in sequence. Will be you and and Andre, and we're going to talk about um, marketing. Some we'll, we'll have a nice snazzy, as we call it, topic for that. So again, thank you for coming on the program. And for those watching or listening, please. Remember to subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. Until next time, go out there and be an all-star. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com. 